This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. One of the best ways to get good at job hunting is to talk to people who do it well. That's why once a month, I interview a MaxList reader who found a job they love. Our guest today is Ray Rawls Dunneville. She's the Communications Innovation and Technology Analyst at the RISE Partnership in Portland, Oregon. Her organization delivers outstanding training and benefits with a focus on equity and worker-employer collaboration. Ray Rawls Dunneville believes in the power of community. In a story you can find on the MaxList website, Ray says that friends, former co-workers, and other contacts were the best sources for uncovering job leads when she looked for work. Why do you love your job, Ray? I love my job because I love working for an organization that helps workers access the health care and education benefits that were won in large part by union members uniting to make their jobs better. Tell us about the work of RISE Partnership. RISE Partnership um, was formed in 2019 um, when um, three labor management trusts decided to create one organization that would help improve the way training and benefits are delivered to workers in Oregon. Right now, there are five programs that deliver healthcare and education benefits to around 80,000 workers throughout the state. Well, terrific. Now, it sounds like a great organization with a wonderful mission. Let's talk about your job search, Ray. What was the biggest challenge you faced when you were looking for work? The hardest part of my job search was really trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. I've been a labor communicator for a decade. Prior to that, I had experience working at um, B2B publishing companies, um, a progressive think tank. You know, my experience was kind of, um, was very, was varied. And I've been a communications specialist and generalist. I've done a little bit of everything. So um, it was difficult to find a role that allowed me to use the wide variety of skills that I've developed over my communications career. Um, that would also allow me the flexibility that I need as a mom with two young children. I reached a point in my uh, my family and career life where I don't exactly have the ability to work um, the the long hours that I've been accustomed to working. Um, so I needed something that uh, was still mission driven and allowed me to um, to use the skills that I've learned. Um, and I'm going to stop there. That's a common challenge for many listeners, figuring out what to do next. What steps did you take, Ray, to sort that out and to get clear about your next opportunity? I knew that I wanted to make a shift in my career, but I wasn't entirely sure how to do that. And I wasn't actively looking for a job um, when I found this role at Rise Partnership. I happened to be talking to a friend and casually mentioned that I was thinking about looking for a new career path. And this friend knew that Rise Partnership was hiring for this position and encouraged me to check it out. 
And um, it was interesting because had this friend not told me to check out this job position, I probably never would have applied. Um, the title is kind of a mouthful, Communications, Innovation, and Technology Analyst. And the roles are, you know, they're all things that I can obviously do and I'm interested in, but the way the job description was worded, I may not have immediately looked at that and thought, oh, yeah, I'm a shoe in for this. Um, because the work that I have been doing um, in my most previous roles, um, this didn't, it didn't look immediately like a direct fit. For, I guess what I'm saying is, this job may not have shown up in my job searches using the keywords that I would have been looking for. So it was useful to have this friend as I'm talking to her um, say, you know, I know what you're good at and I know what you've done. And here's something that I think would be a great fit for you. You should check this out. You talked a lot in your article for us about tapping into your network of friends and coworkers and other contacts to uncover job leads like the one at Rise Partnership. How did you do that, Ray? Did you, was, were you just having casual conversations? Did you have a plan that you were executing? What, what was your approach to letting your network know you were looking and for ask and asking for job leads? In this case, um, I was just having casual conversations with other friends who were um, doing communications jobs or, communications adjacent jobs. So um, because I really, you know, I moved to Portland about five years ago. And so it was important to me when I first moved here to, um, to really become part of the community. So finding places to volunteer, attending networking events, um, really just trying to make friends and finding the places where, um, my interests and background overlapped with other people's. Um, it's always great to kind of, you know, meet people and file away in the back of your mind. Oh, this person's somebody who, you know, um, shares some interests um, that I have, or th our kids go to the same school. And you can kind of build relationship from there. And real relationships help you, um, I think when it comes time to make an ask, it's easier for me in my experience to um, to reach out and ask people if they know of any positions, if I have actually built trust in a relationship with them first. Sometimes uh, job seekers are reluctant to reach out to others in their network They about their search, they, they might worry, for example, that they're imposing or it will be awkward. What's been, what's worked for you, Ray, when you've talked to either friends or uh, former colleagues or others about your job search? How do you approach that and, and uh, have conversations with people about leads or, or what you're looking for? I think it's really helpful to know what kind of work culture you want to be a part of um, and to have a sense of what your life at your job and outside of your job should look like. I knew prior to having kids that um, I was fine working 60 hour weeks and, 
you know, working a lot of weekends and traveling for work. Um, my situation changed after having two kids back to back. And as the needs of my family changed, um, my capacity to work in the same way also changed. And so um, knowing that, you know, I'm looking for a role that may not necessarily mean I have to work every single weekend or be available um, on, you know, holidays or do, you know, overnight travel. Um, that's helpful because if I'm talking to a friend or someone in my extended network, um, I can be kind of clear about what I'm looking for. Um, if I know that press outreach is not necessarily my strongest skill, but I want to lean into more um, uh, database management or something like that, I can also kind of guide my conversations with people that way. When you heard about that opportunity at, at Rise Partnership that your uh, friend told you about, what happened next? What what next step did you take? Well, luckily, I'm someone who always um, kind of keeps my resume updated as I take on, as I learn new skills or take on new responsibilities or, um, you know, have new accomplishments at work. I like to keep my LinkedIn and my resume updated so that if something comes up and I, you know, I see a opportunity that I want to go for, I don't have to like <laughs> sit back and think about, oh my gosh, what, what have I done over the last five years? Um, because I try to keep uh, my information up to date. So um, I took some time and really read about Rise Partnership. I really wanted to understand what the organization was uh, because it was quite a bit different from what I had been doing. I talked to some people who worked there, um, and I really wanted to go into an interview if I was offered one as prepared as possible. So I was able to uh, quickly get my cover letter and resume in, and, um, and I was prepared for my interview when I was called. And it's striking that you reached out to people inside Rise Partnership before you applied. How did you know how to do that or who to approach? How, how did that work? In my case, I actually knew a couple people who already worked there. RISE um, is an organization that's been growing rapidly. And um, the interesting thing about the organization is that a very a large percentage of the current staff have started working at RISE during the pandemic. So um, there's been a really great virtual onboarding process. And it's also interesting because um, coming into RISE is coming into a culture that has largely built itself um, virtually. And that's kind of a different world that we're living in right now. And so um, I think there's an eagerness for um, people who have a strong um, background in virtual communications and technology. Um, and I think that's the end of that thought. Terrific. When you reached out to people inside Rise Partnership, you mentioned a moment ago that you asked them for information about the organization. What else did you ask them for help with? Did, did you, for example, Ray, ask people you spoke with to share your resume with a, the, the hiring manager were there, or other requests? 
Well, there were two things that I was curious about. The first was how it felt to work there um, as a parent of small children. That was very important to me. Um, I wanted to know if the culture felt supportive and um, and that was something that I felt comfortable asking um, the people that I knew who worked there. I also wanted to know, um, you know, without the person getting in too much detail, I wanted to know what organizationally it felt they were looking for in a person in this role to add to the work that's already been done in that role. So I wanted to have a sense of um, what new I could bring to the table. So I had a sense of how I could, um, where I wanted to focus in my interview, if that makes sense. I'm also curious, Ray, you've mentioned um, how important it was to find a workplace that would allow you to prioritize your family. Did you, what advice would you have for listeners who might worry that uh, they can't find a flexible workplace or, or an employer who does make family a priority? I think that one of the things that's really come out of the pandemic, which we're still in, um, so, so workplace norms and expectations are still changing. But I think that um, a really strong organization is not going to push back against the ways that people's lives have necessarily changed in the pandemic. They're going to find ways to lean into that change. I think that um, um, allowing workers to, um, to decide what works best for them in terms of coming into the office, working from home, doing some combination in hybrid, um, is really important because some people really don't want to stay home and they really do crave that office environment. And others like myself um, really do prefer to stay home um, and then come in to the office for meetings and, you know, um, or if there's events where we can just get to know each other and help build that organizational culture. Um, I think, um, Part of being an inclusive employer is listing things like salary ranges um, in a job description. That's also a cue to me when I'm looking for a job um, as to whether the organization um, is going to be inclusive. Reason being, I think that that's, uh, that shows a transparency and, you know, women and people of color are um, all too often underpaid for roles. And so having a salary range right there in the job description is a small and simple cue that the organization um, is probably going to be thinking about inclusivity and, um, and fairness and transparency. And I think that those kinds of things often um, show up in other places, such as a flexible um, um, work from home or hybrid or um, office environment. I think that um, it's it's absolutely possible to find organizations that um, are are humane and family centered and people centered. 
And, um, and I just encourage people searching for jobs to really, um, to not give up. Finally, Ray, what's your number one job hunting tip? My number one job hunting tip is to approach your job search and interviews, not just as, um, the organization is interviewing you, but you're also interviewing the organization to make sure it will be the right fit for you. I um, have been very lucky to um, to be in a position where I have such a wide range uh, a wide range of skills that um, I have. I think a lot of doors that are potentially open to me. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every organization is going to be right for me. And if it's not right for me, then I'm not right for them. And so um, I think it's really important to go into an interviewing and application process, knowing your worth, knowing your skills, and knowing that um, you have the ability to say, yeah, this is great, or no, this doesn't work for me, and I need to keep looking. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Ray. To learn more about Ray Rawls Dunneville's job search, visit maxlist.org slash stories and check out the MaxList website for dozens of other success stories. On the second Friday of every month, we add a new interview with a MaxList reader who has found a dream job. Go to maxlist.org slash stories. In the meantime, thank you for listening to today's bonus episode of Find Your Dream Job. This show is produced by MaxList. Susan Thornton-Huff schedules our guests and writes our newsletter. Lisa Kislin-Berry-Anderson manages our social media. Our sound engineer is Matt Fiorillo. Ryan Morrison at Podfly Productions edits the show. Dawn Mole creates our transcripts, and our music is by Freddie Trujillo. This is Mac Pritchard. See you next week.